0: You've probably heard of Witch Magazine, our home of hard-hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money, and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced especially for you on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Grace Farrell.
2: I'm Harry Kind.
1: And this is Get Answers, for living your best consumer life. When life gives you questions, which? Get answers. Well, welcome to our first episode of 2024. I hope you had a great Christmas and New Year. Is anyone else dreaming of holidays and warmer climes? You wouldn't be alone. Stats tell us that more holiday bookings actually happen in January than in any other month. Are you planning any holidays, Harry?
2: I have nothing planned. I'm too disorganised. I am going to let the cheap flight gods pick the destination and go whenever.
1: Well, if you're thinking about where to book your next holiday, this podcast is going to be really helpful. We're going to hear about the best short and long haul destinations, where your money will go furthest, and the tips and tricks to deploy to get the maximum value from your next break. We're joined today by the wonderful Lauren Bell from the Witch Travel Team. And we have a special guest joining us. It's Chelsea Dickinson, the founder of Cheap Holiday Expert. And look, if you're not already following her, then you need to, because I can't actually describe how insanely useful and brilliant her content is. It's so good to have you both on. Hello.
3: Hello, thanks so much for having us.
1: Hi. (laughs) It's so nice to have you on. Now, Chelsea, you've been sort of here, there and everywhere recently, travelling around Europe to find the best Christmas
3: market. I mean, very, very important work stuff, if you ask me. So which one ended up taking the top spot? Well, it was really interesting because actually it was down to my Instagram followers to vote which one I should go to. So I had seven to choose between. But do you know what came out top? Probably not surprising. Cologne. You know, yeah, the Germans, yeah. they do their Christmas market so well. Yeah. But it was just they have so many different ones and they really tick off that authentic Christmas feel and the Mould wine, £3.86, same price as the Bratwurst. And that's pretty good mm. in my book.
1: Well, it's good to know for next year, but Christmas is now firmly behind us. So let's turn to this year. Where should we be travelling? I'd like to start with sort of short haul. So looking ahead to the February half term, that's sort of coming up next. There's going to be lots of people who who want to take the kids away. Where would you recommend, Chelsea, do you want to start?
3: I think, especially with the cost of things that seems to be you know still going up unfortunately especially in those peak family periods it is all about thinking what is actually outside of the top 10 destinations that we are used to seeing It feels like in the UK, we're all quite obsessed with Spain. If you really do want Spain, then I would say be sticking to, you know, the main land and actually getting a hire car, which is often super cheap, and heading up like an hour away, you know, up into the Andalusian hills. Absolutely gorgeous and so much cheaper than heading out to the Canary Islands, which, you know. I do understand it because in February, the weather is, you know, it's really, really good. But if you can sacrifice, you know, a couple of degrees, your money's going to go so much further by sticking to the mainland.
1: Mm. I always find um, Granada is a really underrated city. Mm. Yeah, it's somewhere I go quite a lot. And um, just no one ever seems to have gone to Granada. And it's brilliant. But I don't think you can fly direct. Annoyingly, you have to fly to Malaga.
2: Never been. I, I don't think I've ever been to mainland Spain. See, um, yeah, this um, is the year. I accident, maybe I accidentally drove through it from Portugal once.
0: <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> accidentally,
2: just clipped the corner of it. But Portugal, I found, is is really good for that kind of a lot of the similar kind of vibe of Spain really surprisingly cheap
3: really cheap yeah yeah it's so good isn't it I ended up in Portugal in January actually of 2023 and we flew into Lisbon but ended up in a hire car going an hour we actually ended up in a place called Fatima I don't know if you know about it or it is a place of Catholic pilgrimage mm. I discovered once we arrived perhaps not the holiday vibes <laughs> that you're after but because of that we are in this absolute gorgeous place. It was so cheap. And with a hire car, we're, we were an hour from the coastline, you're an hour and a bit from Lisbon, you can go out to Porto. So I think it's all about thinking slightly outside of the box. And you know, if you're Catholic, it's a two in one, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you needed to take it off anyway.
2: You've got to go outside of the key kind of pilgrimage <laughs> yeah. season when it's just nuns <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You go
3: in key, like, peak.
2: Oh, Awkward season. Awful. Avoid, right off. Yeah. Avoid plasma. You should be
1: all right in the February half term then. I'm a Catholic myself, so I should know. There are, uh, <laughs> holidays around that time. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Where would you suggest? So, looking
0: at the Witch Travel Survey, the top two cities in Europe this year were Krakow. Although that's actually not the first year that it's appeared at the top. That's the fourth time in a row, mm. and it was joint top with Valencia they're very obviously very very different. Krakow's got a lot going for it. It's also super cheap. Apparently it's 65 pound on average per night to stay in a 3 to 4 star hotel. Mm. Really? So, yeah. Across the year. So I guess that averages out in the lesser like visited months as well. But yeah, so super cheap. is a bit more though, over 100 quid a night, but you know, you can't go wrong there. You've got like the old meets new, you've got the futuristic science and arts area, you've got the
1: cathedrals, paella
0: tapas i mean what more do you need really i
1: know you've been putting together a list of of the best european city destinations for which travel what else made that list
0: so Stockholm actually came third in the list. And just to clarify, we don't rate these cities ourselves. Our readers, actually our members, as thousands of them, and they told us about cities that they've been to in the last couple of years. Um, so they rate it on everything from food and drink to cultural sites, the amount of shopping places there are to see, lack of crowds because no one likes it when it's absolutely jam-packed. So yeah, Stockholm came third. And what's great about it by going in the summer is... It's quite warm, but it's not crazy hot. It's like 20 to 22 degrees. You can go kayaking, hiking, if that's your thing. And the city itself, obviously, has some interesting places to visit. There's a museum about Vikings, and there's Mm. even one about ABBA. I mean, you might not be surprised about that. The
1: producer of is just loving life right
0: now. (laughs) Yeah, it's complete, apparently, with spangly stage outfits in there, so it's worth a visit if you like ABBA.
1: That alone. Right, so am I right in thinking then the top three were Krakow, Valencia and Stockholm? Yes, yes.
0: They all scored above 90% in our survey, which means that people would recommend them or visit again.
1: And what about closer to home? Staycations, they had a real moment in the sun, didn't they? Sort of over over the pandemic as we were coming out of that. I know I say moment in the sun, just thinking about our weather. Well, (laughs) it wasn't quite. Some (laughs) sun. Some sun. And I think people are always quite shocked at actually how expensive staycations mm. can be. So do we have any advice for how to save money on staycations, Lauren?
0: Yeah, a few tips. Obviously, if you've got families, it's always going to be a little bit more expensive, unfortunately. There's just there's not a huge way around that. But we do have a few tips. So, for instance... Just remember that not all children in the UK are off at the same time. So half-term holidays in particular, you might find that Welsh children or, or kids in Northern Ireland will still be studying. So if you're based in, say, London, you might find a bargain in, for example, Pembrokeshire. And Scotland also has its main summer break much earlier than England. So this little hack we just found could save you hundreds of pounds. So that's
1: one of our main ones. That's interesting. So you could maybe go sort of late August, early September while the English kids are still off, but Scottish kids will have gone back.
2: Mm And coming down the pike, uh, Wales is going to have a five-week summer holiday, so Welsh kids will have more opportunities to get cheaper holidays because they'll have longer half terms um, the rest of the year. And I will also put in a word for Pembrokeshire, completely agree, also where I'm from. It (laughs) is like, it's Cornwall but better, Cornwall but cheaper, and yeah, you will save a fortune by going there. It's amazing.
3: And we are so lucky here in the UK because you do not have to go far to find some absolute gorgeous coastline and countryside. And that's why I always say to people, if you're really struggling to find the right price for you in these popular spots, literally move 10 miles, move the map over. Where is slightly less known that is close to somewhere great. You know, we are really lucky that we can explore in that way. And also, you don't have to have a car. There's this amazing thing called the Rangers and Rovers Pass, which essentially is a bit like the UK's own version of interrail that nobody seems to know about. And it works across, there's over a hundred different versions of this. I did it in South Wales. So, you know, I spent, I think the pass allowed me to have four days of travel in an eight day period. Mm. Uh, You could only use off-peak trains, but you can use rail cards on that too. Mm. So it's really good if you've got that family and friends rail card. And it was so lovely. I just hopped on and off trains, explored the coastline. And I just thought that was a fantastic, Way to get about, and it would be really good with the f- with the family as well.
1: Now, the great thing about short haul trips is that you don't necessarily need to fly, as we've been saying. And, you know, travelling by train obviously has a much lower carbon footprint than flying. But there are other benefits to travelling by train, aren't there, that go beyond the environment. I mean, Harry, I know you took a wonderful trip last spring. Can you tell us about it?
2: Yeah, I I am such a evangelist for train travel. I love it. it's, It's obviously you're saving a bit of money Obviously, it takes a little bit longer, but the time that you get on a train is genuine time. A time spent in an airport is gone, it's wasted, you never get that back. On a train, you can actually live your life, watch a film, do some work if you want to, if you're boring. Um, so I, we got a an interrail pass, much like the Ranger and Rover, but international, which we had, it was like a month one. Mm-hmm. Normally that will set you back 454 pounds, but we got it half price for their special anniversary thing. Um, So my partner and I, we went to Istanbul and back in 20 days, which covered 12 different countries. Maybe wouldn't recommend it that kind of shorter period. (laughs) A rush. Really trying to get as much in as possible. But it never feels like a rush because you're not waiting for an airplane. You can just hop on a train, you sit there, I don't think we ever went on a train that was as bad as a bad British train. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No standing, no kind of...
0: I'm not surprised by this. (laughs) Yeah,
2: even just the really old, like, Romanian trains, they, they felt like... A luxurious kind of like steam train experience yeah. almost oh, wow. you have the compartments and you have you know someone coming around checking your tickets and there's a real sense of like it is an event rather than a chore but you are going to save a fortune if you can do it combine it with sleeper trains mm. so you don't have to go and hot- use hotels you can also i think you really can have your downtime on a train when you're traveling in Europe. So I cannot recommend it highly enough. And one of the crazy things about it is it's actually cheaper sometimes to buy an interrail pass that gives you the inbound and outbound tickets than doing a return to say Manchester at any time. Uh, Return to Manchester can be like 300 pounds. You can buy one of these tickets. With that, you're allowed Two journeys basically in the UK.
1: So you can go to Manchester with your interrailing pass. Yes.
2: And you don't even need to go to Europe to use it. It might be a little bit it feels fraudulent. It's like such
1: a
3: waste. It's oh such God. a waste, but
2: it is uh, incredible. It, it can be a real saving.
3: That sums up the British trains, I think. Yes. To be I think honest. it does. I, I really want to try this hack out. I've heard that it is one. Yeah. But apparently interrail time is set to European time, which is one hour ahead. (laughs) And therefore, technically, you could get on one of the sleeper trains in Scotland, the Caledonian, Mm -hmm. because they depart after 11 p.m. But that's technically the next day in Europe. Yeah. So you could do a sleeper train all the way down to London, then get the Eurostar into Paris. And that would still effectively be your one day of travel in the UK. Now that is, that's just me hearing about it. I haven't tested it yeah, out. We've got to test this. But I think yeah. there could be a massive hack there. Don't well, you if think?
1: anyone who's listening has done that, do let us know. <laughs> yes, let me know. <laughs> Lauren, are there any other tips for, um, for booking cheap train or Eurostar tickets?
0: So Eurostar, generally the tickets come out about 11 months in advance. And they are cheaper the earlier you book, generally. As you creep towards the time you want to travel, you know we're talking within three months of the travel date you wanna go, they start going up sharply. So it's definitely worth looking out and booking early, if you can. I know it's not always possible, but yeah. And then another little tip that we found that you might not know, maybe you do, I didn't know it. So you can add a ticket onto any Eurostar ticket for 12 pounds and you can travel to any station in Belgium. So it's quite a little bargain, little hack if you want to go somewhere in Belgium.
1: Brilliant stuff. Well, don't go anywhere as we've got juicy gossip about the UK's worst airport and we're going long haul after this. Hi, Cheer here, host of the Witch Money podcast. Join us each week as we bring you the best experts and top advice to help you make the most of your money. From property prices to budgeting, investment platforms to pensions, we'll be here to keep you
3: informed. Here's a taste of what you can expect. If you had invested £100 in the fund three years ago, you'd have just £61 today. Gosh.
2: Is it worth trusting a website that you don't know to save That 10p, that 20p.
3: The good news is it does look like we're hovering around the top of the interest rate hike cycle. If I asked you what you weren't here, you'd be absolutely horrified because we're told we should not talk about money.
1: Make sure to join us for new episodes every Friday and I'll see you then. So Lauren, what is the worst airport in the UK and how did you figure this out?
0: So Manchester is actually the worst, according to our members. That's not my personal opinion. <laughs> I have been once, though, and the queues were very bad. Particularly Terminal 3, which came, like, right at the bottom of our survey, followed by Terminal 1, which came second bottom. Basically, to get to that answer, back in the summer, we asked thousands of people who use various airport terminals in the UK. They'd use them in the last year, and we asked them to rate them on everything from, like, how much seating there is to how long they had to queue at baggage or security and the queues at terminal three must be absolutely abysmal as people gave it one or two stars out of a possible five for all of the queues at the airport and that's from security to baggage drop everything. But to find where it ranked overall, we just basically said, were you satisfied with your experience, your visit to the airport? And would you recommend it? And it got 38% customer score overall. So not great. No.
2: And some people might say, oh, well, you've got to go to, you know, people just go to the nearest airport. Is that always worth doing? Just going for the nearest airport? You might as well?
0: Well, it. Kind of depends because obviously in London you've got a lot of options. With Manchester, actually, I mean, personally, I would travel 30 miles up the road to Liverpool John Lennon Airport. That Mm -hmm. came top.
1: Really? Mm. Yes. Wow, okay. So, yeah. What are they doing so right?
0: Well, people just gave it rave reviews. They said parking was hassle free, they said it was reasonably priced. Staff are friendly and helpful, and they whizzed through security in an average of 11 minutes, what? Oh. which I don't think happens at Manchester too frequently. So. And,
2: oh. and they are so close to each other. If you've got the choice, yeah. you might as well go with Liverpool.
1: So we're sorted for short haul destinations, I feel. But what about long haul? So, Chelsea, where would you recommend
3: this year? Wow. I had to cancel this trip this year and it's it's kind of in between that short and long haul kind of timing. You know, you look around the seven hour mark, perhaps a bit longer if you're gonna change in Turkey. But I really wanna to go to Uzbekistan this mm. year. I am obsessed with it. If you are like where, please just give it a Google. You will be smitten within seconds when you see the images, you know, Uzbekistan, part of the Silk Road, so much mm. history, culture. It's absolutely gorgeous, these like tiled, uh, turquoise buildings. It's stunning. I also think it's a really good time to go because it was having a bit of a moment pre-pandemic to the extent where even the tourism boards and the government were thinking about ways that they could potentially slow down the tourism because of the effect it was having on these incredibly old buildings. Mm. And I think perhaps what that did, that little pause has made them, you know, think about how they do things. So hopefully they've got better ways in place to protect that. But it hasn't, you know, it's kind of taking a bit of time to get back to that momentum that they had. So if you want to go, I I just think it's going to be a really popular place in the future because it's you know it's quite easy to get to it's not too expensive yeah. once you're there either I think it's a really good time to go and really feel like you've discovered something and yeah, been somewhere where no one else
2: has yeah can you do the stands as a, a bit of a tour yes. or is it just such a wide area? No,
3: you, you can do it. What I would actually recommend is probably booking with a group trip mm. if you wanted to do all of the stands just because there's so much to do. Azbeca- I, sorry,
1: is the stands like a common term? Yeah, the yeah. Okay, yeah. right, the stands. stand the Okay.
3: Uzbekistan is actually the most set up and ready for tourism. It's got a, a bullet train in between some of its key cities. You know, you can do a lot of different destinations in seven to ten days but if you wanted to go further afield and do more of them I think it's one of those places you need a bit of help.
1: I see. Any other recommendations for for long-haul destinations this year?
3: I think flexibility is key because we are seeing prices go up more for long-haul and so if you have a bit of time to play with and even where you're gonna go Mm. to play with, that's gonna be so helpful. And you've got amazing people already, you know, finding these deals for you. Jack's Flight Club, you know, has a small subscription. They do have a free option as well, but they ping into my inbox all the time. And I am blown away with the prices. I think like Seoul, Korea, the other day was in the 400s. Wow. And it's just being able to jump onto those when you see them. You do have to react quickly. So I think a big thing I would say is in 2024, if you want to go long haul but not spend a lot of money, you have to plan to be spontaneous.
1: I love that line, plan to be spontaneous. That's something I struggle with, actually. I'm such a control freak. But I'm going to try. So you mentioned Jack's Flight Club. Mm-hmm. Lauren, have you got any other tips or websites to help you save money? money when you book? I guess my
0: tip really is booking sites. Sometimes you use them, you look at third-party booking sites and find cheap flight prices. But they look like great headline prices and sometimes they're not once you've added stuff on. So if you're adding on the bag and the seat, sometimes it goes up way above what it would cost you to go direct just because they're ramping up the prices of those extras and some people might not know that because they don't make it obvious you might pay you know double what you would on a on a Ryanair flight for a bag just by booking through a booking site so just be wary of
1: that Chelsea I know that you kind of advocate for actually choosing your hotel wisely, Mm. because even if you save a bit on flights, if you've got a really expensive hotel, or indeed the destination itself is really expensive, that's where you're going to rack up the money, right?
3: Yeah, I talk about it as the triangle of cheap travel, (laughs) which is make sure you're checking all three before actually you're booking your holiday. So cheap flights is just part of it. It's actually, you know, your daily costs are part of it and also your accommodation. It's so, so important. And if you are staying more than you know, three nights. Perhaps for Europe, you're probably going to be spending more on your accommodation anyway Mm -hmm. versus your flight. So you're better to save the money then. So just don't forget about the accommodation cost. Don't book that flight and then have a think about it. Try and keep it all in mind. And another thing cheap flight, perhaps I should change the top of that triangle to cheap transport or travel because we often forget about car hire. And I think, you know, many of us have been in that situation where you've booked everything, go to book the car hire and go, oh no, I've made a grave (laughs) error. It is more than the price of everything combined. Yeah. So just be checking absolutely everything before you hit book.
1: Chelsea, can I ask before we finish, what do you think is the most helpful useful hack you've ever shared in terms of the response you've had from your social media
3: followers the most helpful hack i've ever shared is absolutely asking for a free upgrade at your hotel because i've got a template on my website which you know just allows people to copy and paste i always tell them to tweak it Make it, you know, a little bit personalised. Why did you choose the hotel? Why are you excited to stay? And most importantly, putting no pressure on that person picking up the email saying, we're so excited no matter what happens. We cannot wait to come. But if you happen to have the availability, we would love to be considered. So there's a very nice way of saying it. And once you send it off, you forget about it. Nobody owes you that upgrade. Mm. But I cannot tell you how many people it works for. So I get messages, I would say, you know, maybe three or four times a week from people going, Oh my God, it worked. Wow. I am sat here in my suite with my champagne. Thank you so much. So, yeah, if you're going somewhere, you know, and it's a treat, you know, let them know it's a special occasion. I, I say going on holiday is a special occasion. So, why not get an upgrade for it?
1: Brilliant. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks thank for you. Having us. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a fun way to start the new year, starting as we mean to go on, really. We're so excited to bring you more answers to all your consumer questions this year. Now, we'd love you to get involved. So can you send your suggestions for things we should cover? It can be anything from home renovations to wellness apps, anything you want answers on, really. Whatever it is, we promise you will leave every episode feeling wiser about what you buy. We're on email at podcasts at which.co.uk and our social handle is at whichuk
2: and this is your regular reminder to give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. That would be amazing, thank you very much. Doing that really helps us reach out to more people and if you want to support the witch Cause, we've got lots of different membership options at different price points and obviously that gets you access to all of our locked up advice and test results.
1: Mm -hmm. So Harry, what are we up to next time?
2: We are going to be chatting about health apps mm. and lifting the lid on those smartwatches and fitness trackers that we all got for Christmas. Do they actually work?
1: Uh, well, maybe it's not too late for me to make a health-related uh, New Year's resolution then. But if you want more great stuff to listen to before that comes out, check out the Witch Money pod for your personal finances. And we've got the best stories from Which Magazine narrated for you over on Which Shorts. Today's Get Answers was presented by me, Grace Farrell, alongside Harry Kind, produced and recorded by Rob Lily-Jones and edited by Eric Breer. And thanks again to our wonderful guests, which travelled Lauren Bell and the brilliant Chelsea Dickinson, aka Sheep Holiday Expert. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye! Bye-bye! Scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails, and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free Scam Alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. Go to witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert newsletter. That's witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert newsletter. Thank you.